Hey everybody, welcome to your unpaid therapist. Hello, welcome to another episode of your unpaid therapist. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I didn't even get a donut. Oh, that's, that's sexy though. I, I, like, I like it. I'm Valerie Milagros Ortiz. I don't know. I am your host, Ali Kona. She's away. Brad Ford. <laughs> this is your unpaid therapist. Shua. I love our intro so much. (laughs) Every time I get so happy when I hear Matt laughing. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of Your Unpaid Therapist. I am Valerie Ortiz. And I'm Ali Kona. She's my Bradford. And this handsome stud sitting next to me, I hope you're watching uh, the episode, because if not, you're missing out on this gorgeous man, uh, is David Hicks. Thank you, thank you. You're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> um, so other than bring your boyfriend to work day, which, you know, any excuse to have him by my side is like, let's do it. But I wanted to, um, well, we, because after talking about it, uh, we decided that I, it's so interesting, all the things that David has done from playing sports, to modeling, to being a a life coach, to real estate. He is somebody who has like reinvented himself and not been afraid to um, challenge himself and do Mm. something new. And I think that's super relatable and also very difficult for people to do. Um, So of course, we wanted to chat about it. Uh, <laughs> let's get in. Let's get well, before in. we do it in proper, your unpaid therapist fashion, we're gonna get a uh, never have I ever. <laughs> no, <laughs> David's gonna go first. <laughs> okay, I feel like <laughs> it's only right. It's only right. This could get scary. Oh, I, I mean, don't just pick the top. Right. I'm sorry. I, 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 you could. How's that? There we go. David Blaine. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotten, Wait, you gotta say never have I ever first. Never have I ever gotten turned on by someone who wasn't my type. Oh. Never have I ever. I have to read that one again. <laughs> gotten turned on by someone who wasn't my type. No, I'm thinking. Do I answer yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. Sorry, it, thinking loud. It, it has happened. Um maybe once or twice but it was short-lived yeah like minutes maybe so was it like they were not your type in terms of like they weren't your typical type of girl you go for but then you start talking to them and they're like oh there could be some curiosity there right but then a couple minutes went by and i was like oh no yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like I definitely have. I mean, one person in particular, it's so funny because he ended up being an asshole anyway, but... Did he run track? He didn't run track. He did a whole thing early. Y'all missed it. Uh, I liked a lot of boys on the track team. Anyway, yeah, and that was short-lived too because I was like, eh, uh. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think personality is a lot for me. So I think that's happened a couple times where you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, okay. But then... You get to know the person, and then you're like, David, you're an upgrade. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um, but I think that has happened, um, where you're just like, oh, I'm surprised that I would even talk to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Who's next? I'm going to let you go next. Okay. Oh. I'm going to go blue because I'm wearing blue. Okay. Uh, never have I ever faked an injury or illness to get out of something. Never have I ever faked an injury 
or an illness. Um, probably. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't think of anything, but I'm sure like made something worse than it was possibly, or like, um, I don't know. I've been like dig, uh, dig deep. Deep. There's something there. Fixing. Well, y'all, if y'all know yours, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, go. definitely. Um, to stay home, uh, like from school. Like, oh, I'm sick. I'm just from high school for sure. Okay. At least five times. Sorry, mom. Yeah. <laughs> or God. I sure have. And I, I, if you missed the episode before, I'm going to give the people a tip. Okay. We discussed this. But I used to call out sick to work. And I was like, well, I don't want to be those people who sounds like fine. And I am not, I, even though I'm an actor, right? I don't want to be like, I still feel good. So I would hang my head. You're just Asian right now. <laughs> You're not um, even sick. <laughs> no offense. Japanese, I can do that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so I would hang myself off the bed backwards. Like pretend this is the bed and this is my head. I would hang like this. And, and make like, the call? Yeah, I'd be like, you know, I really don't feel good. Something has come over me and I can't come to work today. That's... And they'd be like, oh, can I help you feel better? That's commitment. So, method. <laughs> you, you really wanted to stop. Yeah. Well, I just, it needed to be real. So you're welcome, guys. Method actors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last, last one. What color was the one you picked, David? You Yellow. Picked oh, so you got to do pink. Oh, I got to go pink. Okay. This is better. Let's make this a good one. Never have I ever been invited to the casting couch. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Mm. Yes and no. I've never been directly invited to the casting couch per se, but I did have a gentleman who was a liaison between the financiers, the celebrities, and the person like me who has not the status to approach somebody like Tom Cruise. Um, And he, during conversation, would first of all call me at two o'clock in the morning and, and say, oh, well, I'm in China and that's why I'm calling you at two in the morning. And I'm like... Oh, okay. And I was naive. Like I was in my early twenties. And then he was like, so if I introduce you to these people, cause I know all the big wigs like WME, yada, yada, yada. Like I know the people, what can I tell them you're willing to do? And I was like, um, I'm willing to host. Uh, I'm a dancer. <laughs> That's not exactly what he was talking He's about. Like, no, no, no. Like, what what are you willing to do? And even if you're not willing to do, can you at least flirt and imply? Cause that's going to get you in the door. And I was like, Oh no, that's not my style. And he was like, everybody does it. He's like, I'm a man and I had to do it. And I'm still friends with the lady. She's the one who got me on my work. And you know, she was very unattractive and she was much older, but I did what I had to do. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah, shortly after the phone calls stopped. And I was like, wow. So that's my story. What about you? Nope. No. (laughs) (laughs) Easy breezy. So I actually had a, not a, nothing as bold um, yeah and blunt as that um but i remember um i'm like should i call this person out or should i not Nameless, uh, it's okay huh you're not saying their name it's okay oh i was gonna say their name oh okay say their name um but no i was um i met um what jimmy ivine jimmy what is the american Ivy? one of these whatever and he had given me his number and had invited me to um go to american idol and go like behind stage and da-da. and so at the time I was married and my ex was like stoked you know <laughs> of course oh, no. I'll drive you go no because what he's a singer oh, oh yeah. yeah no he's a singer and he's a music guy and I forgot who 
was there. I don't know if Jayla was there at the time or whatever, but yeah, we were like so excited. So we went and then Jimmy went to get me. Like we we're texting. I'm like, I'm here. And when he saw I was with um, my ex, he like his face dropped and, and his, what was so weird and nasty about it is his, his assistant was the one who got me and went to get me. And then like, yeah. So then I went to this like VIP section in the back, obviously with my ex. Cause I'm like, what? Of course I'm bringing right. my husband. Um, and he was like, his face looked like, what is he doing here? You know? And then he literally, I introduced him, blah, blah, blah. He left and like, like left us there. And I was like, isn't that wow. so messed up? Yeah. And I was just like so nasty. Were you there like as a singer or like no. he just invited he just, you? He wanted like... me to be like his guest, but he gave me two tickets. Oh. He thought you were going to bring a girlfriend, not Possibly. a dude. Yeah. Oh. But either way, it's like, you just going to leave it? Like what? Like, I mean, I could like, why? I don't know. He just made it so ob- obvious and gross. I was like, ew. Yeah. yeah, that was the only situation of that sort. Is that it? Did we yeah, do we did them. Bam, bam, bam. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I just discovered that in our little sound system that we have sound effects. I'm like, oh, look out. Uh, and I was like, this is the perfect time. So let's get into it, Mr. David Lawrence Hicks. Um, okay, so I, yeah, she dropped the middle name. <laughs> yes, I um, Yeah, I really, after talking with Ali Corner, the biggest thing, right, Ali Corner, we were saying it's just like somebody who's attractive and outside looking in, it's like this person like has never been insecure. This person has always had all the ladies. This person's probably a player. He's a model. Yeah, like whatever. And and these are, you know, the perceptions that you can get. Um but it's been very different for you, for you and I I think that's so interesting. But I want to start with the transitions and, you know, how you went from sports to then the modeling to then the coaching and all that stuff and how and what the why was with those. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. Uh, I think it'll start with being from Chicago. It was a town that people were into sports and business. And so that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I did. I went, I played basketball. I went to college. I studied business and sales marketing and, you know, I, I was like, Oh, I want to live in Miami and do sales, you know, cause it was warm there and I went to school in Michigan. So it was a lot colder. <laughs> so cold. You don't know anything about <laughs> growing up, growing up in Florida. So it's the opposite of what you're used to very much like Canada. Yes. Um, and so after college, I got a job. Uh, in sales and I was super bored four months in super bored and you know my mom gave me some advice as they all do um it's okay you know that's how it is that's just work because I've been in school my whole life right you just get out and you're like all right and then you're doing your job and you're like wait well, and you think about it, you were what, 23, 22? Yes, 23. Okay, so you're 23 years old doing a sales job and supposed to be stoked about it when you're like in the prime of like, let's just learn the world. I've done nothing but go to high school. Like now it's time to like- I was in a classroom yeah. my whole life. And now I'm driving a van downtown Chicago. Now, 
in retrospect, it was a good gig. But I don't know. It just felt wrong. Yeah. Like, no. I think I was really excited to get my degree and, you know, going into finals and you get the grades and you have a graduation party. Three weeks later, you get a place in Lincoln Park overlooking the lake, your, you know, company vehicle. And you decorate your place. You start your job and three weeks in, you're like, wait. No. Yeah. This is why am I working on Saturday? But like, okay, so then what gave you the guts? Because most people, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, mm-hmm. and I was very much pressured by my own family. It was like, you are going to major in communications. You are going to take this class, and like my electives, like I want to take an art class. No, you're taking speech. No, you're taking debate. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like for me, I, I was just like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do because as long as I am in the vicinity of my parents, I'm going to listen to my authoritative figure. So for you, like, what was it that made you be like, thanks for the advice, mom? But actually, you know, somebody approached me about modeling. I, I think I'm going to do it. I, I knew I couldn't continue because my work was suffering because I had, there was just no passion. Zero. I wanted to survive, but I was, I just thought I could do it other ways. And, um, so I wanted to do something fun. And I remember once being in spring break in Miami and I had a scout approach me saying, Oh, you should model. And I kind of laughed it off. And my friends were like, Oh, don't tell him that. <laughs> He'll think he's great. And I didn't think. Anything and I did. I'm just <laughs> no, I, I really didn't. You didn't know you and I was like, I don't know. I don't even know how I came to this frame of mind, but I was like, I just want to, maybe I'll try doing a photo shoot. Uh-huh. I was a regular guy that was super foreign, but it seemed fun, mm-hmm. even though I didn't know I, what I was doing. Were you into, um, because he, he dresses so nice, um, and he has a lot of clothes and good shoes. And is that something you, that was before the modeling? I, I got my haircut once a week. I mm-hmm. liked clothes, but I played sports. So everything was Jordan, Nike. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, and my clothes were a lot baggier back then. <laughs> oh my gosh. So his old pictures, by the way. So it's really funny. Just a little insert. So uh, we're going to have her on the show, but one of my best friends from Cisco, Karina, we both in middle school liked the same guy. And like, he didn't like us, whatever, we were dorks. But I showed Karina a picture of old David. Well, young David. But um... I'm old David. <laughs> I was young. Um, but it was so funny because he looks like a way better looking version of the guy I had a crush on in uh, middle uh-huh. school. <laughs> and I sent her a picture. I was like, oh my God, isn't this, doesn't this look like a better version of, you know, this guy? And she was like, holy crap, it does. Anyway, so funny. So, okay, because I, so back to you. And I, I, so I was curious. So when you did this photo shoot, you haven't done this before, but you knew you liked clothes and stuff. And- I wanted to do a photo shoot. So I didn't know. A photographer. So my dad's barber ran. Barber's sister ran Ford Models in Chicago, one of the major agencies. What's the what are the chances? Yeah. Well, hold on. First of all, can we talk about divine timing <laughs> and like, was it kismet? Like meant to be? Because that yeah. like to get you guys just for some context, Ford Models is huge yeah. and very very hard like to be a part of. So for someone to just randomly like that was your calling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got the meeting because I just wanted to talk to her to say, hey. What do you think? Probably could have done that over the phone. I don't really remember how it happened. But I got the meeting. And within 30 seconds, she's like, how did you get this meeting? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my dad knows your brother. <laughs> and she's Man, like, whatever. can I see some pictures of you online? So I pull up my MySpace because I'm that old. <laughs> and she goes, okay. Brought some other agents in. 
they start whispering. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And it's funny, real quick. I remember wearing something that I thought was fashionable. Oh, oh no. Going, and all I remember uh, is like blue jeans uh-huh. and a black Sean John uh, oh. uh, <clears throat> uh, button down. And I probably was like a medium large and it was probably an extra large. Oh, no. <laughs> so funny. Needless to say, uh, they all were like, hey, have you ever considered working with us? And I actually was don't remember. Like, what like, does that no. mean? What does that mean? What does that mean to work for you? And they bring out a comp card and they say, these will be your looks. We get 20% of what you make. Uh-huh. And I told them like, okay, this is, I have a sales job. This, I thought I was coming in to do a photo, you know, set up a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll have to think about it. And then five <laughs> seconds later, I said, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Uh, I went home and they told me I had to shave my goatee, which I was very reluctant to do because I had... Facial hair, this, this took a long time to grow. Like, I had a baby face forever. And when I had a goatee, girls started to pay attention to me. And so I thought it was because I had facial and hair. Now you look like a man. <laughs> and so when they're like, hey, you're going to have to shave it. Are you enjoying the show, Bestie? We sure hope so. And if you are, could you do us a quick little favor? Please like, comment, subscribe, follow us, and leave a comment below because it helps our podcast out so much. We're thanking you in advance. And also, if you have a chance, check us out on Patreon because there are tons of perks. You can co-host with us, be a part of our private Zoom parties, and get early access to the episodes. So you're not going to miss any of the goodies. It's all on Patreon. In the meantime, let's get back to the podcast. I was like, I have to make a choice. <laughs> like, the girls were probably be all gone now. Aww. And they weren't, but I thought, I definitely thought it, I thought I was yeah, done, but I was yeah. like career first. Like, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And so I signed with them that day with my new baby face and baggy clothes. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. How long before you booked your first gig? Oh, we can, that's actually very funny. The first gig I had was two weeks. It was actually the hardest, most difficult, worst job I've ever had in a 20 plus year. Wow. Really? The first one. If, Get it out if of anybody way. knows Chicago, I it was body painting. Oh, oh. no. And so it was winter it's in cold. Chicago, and I was in the mall on a stage oh. with music playing, wearing what they said was men's brief underwear. It was barely covering anything. Mind you, I've never modeled, taken a picture. Oh. The confidence is that not there yet. Yeah. Right. Why couldn't I have worked for like Target for the first time <laughs> or like Target was Walmart or something. Yeah. And this, this guy's body painting me and he's, he's going about, he's covering about an inch per hour. Oh, geez. And I remember you said that originally when they had um, presented this idea, he wasn't super like, he was like, okay about it because he's thinking, well, by the time he gets into the public, He's already painted. painted. And then I guess they had told you what last minute. Like through the process of painting. I mean, I understand because that is pretty cool. (laughs) But to go so slow. I I remember I remember seeing about five or six of my friends. Oh my god. They're walking by with their family or friends. Hey, hey Ted. (laughs) Hey. Hey. And literally they would say, like, you know, they would look at me and just be like, "Hey, hey. Hey, David. Hey. Hey, man. So, okay. With that kind of a reaction, too, then. So, in the beginning, 
Because they didn't know what was going on either. <laughs> That's more of you than I've ever seen my whole life. And what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. right. Don't you have a sales job? You're like, oh, is it getting that bad? <laughs> so what I was trying to say is that, is that was that, because it was new, that wasn't a, uh, a thing you would brag about or like tell people about? Because it like, so we know now Ford Models is amazing. Being a model like is, is hard. Like not everybody can do it. Um, So telling people about it would that have been something that you were like oh look at what i'm doing now no nobody wanted or cared or thought that was cool yeah mm. that's what i was curious about i made 300 dollars, and it was really hard to make that i yeah. feel like and to this day it was like doing that now i could do it but it would still be terrible yeah for it to be the first shoot yeah pretty bad but anyway i um so that was the worst one but it was good because it made me tough because everything else from there was easy um I moved to Miami for a couple of months trying to spark the career. Mm-hmm. That's a good opportunity. Broke even. Didn't. Mm-hmm. Set the world on fire. Went home. Had an agent from New York in the Ford office that I met. And she said, you have a good look. You should come to New York. I have a bunch of clients that you would like. That would like you. And I was like, I just got back from Miami. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think so. And a couple of days later, she called me from the airport saying like, hey, are you coming? What's what's the deal? And I was like, maybe she knows something that I don't. Okay, I'll come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went there, and um, within like three months, actually that client didn't like me, but I probably saw forty five different clients in like a week. Wow! It was like, and what does that mean? So to anybody who's listening or watching who doesn't know diddly squat about modeling, what does seeing a client so entail? It's, like, it's, what do you? What is what it can be called a casting, but at the time they called it a ghosty. Yeah. And they still call they it, call it a ghosty. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a ghosty. They'll peruse your book. So you have a portfolio at the time. Now mm-hmm. everything's digital, but you know, mm-hmm. you had the large book with a bunch of your test mm-hmm. images. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd want to get to know your personality, where you're from, etc. And so I did that forty five times like in a week. Which was very exciting. That's amazing. And then the calls just started coming and mm-hmm. coming and it was they're like hey you got to stay here longer and then i was like okay it looks like i'm going to move to new york because it really started to pick up where what i would make in a month in new york is like over a year's salary wow in mm-hmm. chicago so which and this man by the way is enamored by new york i he i feel like i just feel like you're always talking about new york and how much he wants to take me to new york and just experience that and thinking about it like to be at the age that you were and to blow up i mean he traveled the world he was on billboards like let me tell y'all something she's proud she's a proud (laughs) girlfriend isn't she um so he was on like uh underwears and t-shirts and stuff at the store and um (laughs) when we were dating he was showing me all his like magazine covers and like these spreads and stuff and you know I think that's so cool um I was you know I had 17 magazine growing up and like you know you see all these hotties um never thought that would be my man 
Um, and so he shows me the underwear and the uh, shirts and stuff. And he was like, those are in Target right now. I was like, no shit. I was like, nah. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, we gotta go. <laughs> I totally went to Target that day. And I like, I thought it was the cutest thing. I'm like taking video. I bought like two different shirts for my dad and my, uh, my brother. <laughs> and I'm like sending these videos to like all my family and friends. Like totally like. <laughs> anyway all that to say he was highly successful in new york um did the damn thing experienced new york in like the best coolest way possible like yeah. at that age you're hot and i wanted to talk <laughs> <laughs> she's not shallow it's like, you're hot that's key right it's key it's like oh, personality. because i only said that let me get my story right because Going back to before all that, like David wasn't the guy, you know, who some would say got all the ladies and that. I did not. Right. I did not. I didn't even think that I could be a model, but mm -hmm. my barber gave me some good advice. He said, it's not what you think. It's what they think. And mm -hmm. they're the professionals. It's what they do. So I just kind of went with it. I thought I was a good looking guy, but I, I definitely did not think I was the billboard, the magazine TV commercial guy. I was like, that's not me. Yeah. So when I say you're hot, it was because he finally grew into his own. He got his confidence. He obviously now was getting attention from women. And so it, I, I just, I'm just saying it as a, whatever, um, as like, when, you know, you look back at chapters of your life, like I could only imagine that chapter of your life is just like, holy crap, like this. Yeah. And I mean, we've had stories of like him working with like, you know, big celebrities playing basketball with, I don't know if you care to name famous, drop, but just famous, just famous people. people. <laughs> and yeah, but like I people I grew up watching. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. like those are cool moments where he's yeah. like, I literally was shooting hoops with like so, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. to just look back now and you as an adult to like look back at baby David, not really baby, but you know, and be like, oh, I've had that experience. Um, wow. And yeah. to never have thought. Well, and to keep that, because we were talking about this earlier, but to keep that mentality and that humbleness, because you're blowing up, you're making money and you're good looking and girls are obviously like, you know, groupying it out and stuff like that. It's like, how do you remain grounded and not let that get to your head? I think the humble beginnings definitely helps. Mm -hmm. I was the guy like trying to get a date and couldn't. I was the one that women didn't take me seriously. I was the funny guy. They're like, oh, he's always oh, the best. Yeah. You know, but I want to go out with the star running back. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I was kind of alone a lot yeah. in the early days. But um, I think that the attention came later <clears throat> in life. And then I also saw how other guys would move and navigate through dating. Mm. And a lot of it, I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. Mm -hmm. I saw that guy. He gets a bunch of women and I would see how he would treat them. And, you know, I was like, uh, that's not, that's not cool. Like I have, you know, I grew up with my mom and my sister prim ah. primarily. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen girls cry a lot. Yeah. And so I've, I've always been very truthful mm -hmm. and not wanted to play around with the emotions, you know, to get things mm -hmm. from women. Cause that's what most men do. men do. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so that that was key mm -hmm. i think and then um yeah humble beginnings for sure because 
nothing was happening. Yeah. Like, it was me and my dog shooting hoops Saturday <laughs> night all through high school. Yeah. Like, that's what well, that was my life. Yeah. So, for this to be happening in my 20s, it was very surreal. It was cool. But I also saw that I had a choice. Mm-hmm. What type of man do I want to be? What type? How do I want to move? And I knew that I had the power to make those decisions, to mess it up or really do it right. So. Mm-hmm. So then you have this awesome chapter of your life in New York. You're you're modeling, you're doing all the things that you maybe didn't think you'd be doing one day. Never. What was it that like shifted to then reinvent yourself again and try something new? Like what happened after that? Was it? it... So it actually gives you confidence, Right. right? Because I was just a student and now I'm doing something that was so far from like what I'm used to. And then you know, modeling. And then I started doing TV commercials. Mm-hmm. I never took an acting class and now I'm booking TV commercials. Screw you. <laughs> so, oh, I gotta so the confidence level was, was, was high. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Always, what else can I do? <laughs> and I've always, you know, and I, you know, not that you need to do this, but I did graduate, you know, with a bachelor's degree. And so I felt like I had decent intelligence where I can do things that require your mind and planning and your mouth. And it's not just, Right. You know, taking pictures or acting, which a lot of people don't really realize it's not just that. Like, there's so much. <laughs> because uh, for modeling, too, like everyone's good looking. Like, all the guys are good looking. Mm-hmm. So then it's what else do you do? Right. And so it's like, how's your personality? Because the client's going to be on set with you all day. Yeah. So if you're just boring or if you're a jerk or if you don't follow direction or if you, you know, a lot of times you go to set and you start to do a shoot, you want to find out what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, we on camera, off camera, are there, what parts of the outfit do you want to see? Do you want to highlight? Mm -hmm. The photographer doesn't want to have to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. You just got to go through it. And so that's the person who gets invited back. Right. And I'll say this just because I've had friends reach out to me and say, Oh, my son wants to be a model. Like what do we need to do? Let's take him, take pictures. And a lot of younger people, if you're listening, uh, always think that with modeling, not that I'm a model, but I, as an actor, we take a lot of headshots and they're either really great or they're not. They get you jobs. They don't. And people think you just like smile. Like what's so hard about that? But there actually is like a lot going on in here and you have to know your body, your face. You have to keep moving. You have to know so mm-hmm. many different things that people, I think, discount. There's, you know, there's a difference between taking a picture mm-hmm. and modeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put it really good on um, one day when we were talking about it because I feel like uh, there's plenty of times we've all seen it. You're looking through a catalog or watching a commercial, and that outfit is a hot mess. But <laughs> the model's job is to sell it. And I remember when David sa- uh, said that, like I forgot what you you had something my, on. Yeah, and I said my job is to make bad clothes look good. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's a hundred percent true, and that's the point because it's like if you're wearing like some fugly shirt but it looks so good on this man or woman it's it's not the fugly shirt it's the what they did with their body and how they sold it right yeah and sold it in a way to where the person's like i want to look like him exactly and then they buy it and it looks nothing like that it's crazy looking don't blame me (laughs) you know that's the job right and i mean i i what i think it's funny is too because i think modeling especially 
I, uh, I feel like a lot of people like discount that. Oh, as, 100%. Like, a hard job um, in society, like models, whatever. Um, and that they're airheads or whatever. But there's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and but it's exactly what you're saying. There's just so much more to it. Um, and outside of that, it's like, what do you do with that money? What do you do with those connections and, and all that else after, right? So Long, you, longevity. Yeah. Exactly. Because so many people, you know, you could be hot for a year, two, but how many guys are doing it for 10, 15? Mm-hmm. Because this is the one thing I, I realized early on that's Black different men, in sales. I know, right? <laughs> is uh, this is a form of sales, right? But I actually have to walk around with my products. It's uh, not like I can make the, the product is nice and then you store it and you, no, no, I have to walk around with it. So what you eat, what you drink, how you take care of yourself, your sure. hair. Because then, you know, because you see some people um, who model for a while and then they show up to a client and the client's like, uh, have you seen Troy? <laughs> <laughs> My guy gained a couple pounds. He lost a tooth. Like, yeah. And so that's so longevity. Right. But people live their lives. So I've always I don't drink. Um, I don't eat red meat. I don't eat chicken. So certain things I was like, uh, other guys aren't doing this. Right. Yeah. Other guys are in New York getting it in, partying, mm-hmm. doing drugs. I'm in the gym. I'm drinking water. And so I I had my sports approach to this whole thing. I was just, mm-hmm. I, so I'd go into a room and there were like 10 to 15 different versions of me. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved that because mm-hmm. it just went back to the competition rather than, you know, some guys are like, oh, oh, huh, this guy's, no, I'm like, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's get in. Because I know that I'm doing what they're not doing. Yeah. So you did the you did the sports right. Then you did the modeling. Now you're doing commercials without ever doing an acting class. And now, then what? So then, what was the transition from that to the life coaching? I didn't like that for modeling. You always had to wait for a job, wait yeah. for a gig. You go to castings, but you would wait. You get put on hold. You get put on a veil. You get released. And so, when you're hot, you're hot. And sometimes when it's slow, I didn't like always waiting. So I wanted to have a form of control of, and something that was mine. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started a lifestyle coaching company and I just helped people improve their lifestyle. So there was a, a fitness, fashion, nutrition, wardrobe, styling, photography aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just helped people improve their lifestyle and it was very fulfilling. I was passionate about it. So I'm, I might frame this question incorrectly because there's a lot of thoughts happening in my brain right now, yeah. but like that. Um, but so for someone like myself, I have a million ideas and a lot of things, but because mm-hmm. I have so many ideas and I feel like I'm kind of good at this one and this one and this one, but I can't pick one. And, th- and you get so overwhelmed with all the choices and all the things that sometimes you get stuck because you don't make a decision. Mm. So it's like for somebody who is, maybe they are working a nine to five and they're like, oh, I hate this, but I love fashion. And I kind of like this and I kind of like that. Oh, but this is scary. And I make money doing my regular job. So maybe I'll just stay here. So like, I guess the question would be like, what advice would you give to somebody at home who has an inkling for something else? Yeah, And they're like, I don't know. Like, should I do it? Should I not? Like, where did you harness the confidence and be like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm going to do, I'm going to be a lifestyle coach. Fuck it. I'm going to go be a model. Like, I'm going to, you know, how do you get the bravery or like what? Yeah. Well, you also have to, so fear steers most people's lives Mm -hmm. and certain things that are unknown or you're scared of, you veer away from Mm -hmm. when you're in actuality supposed to do the opposite. 
lean into it. If you're not, un- if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Right. So get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if certain things are, you know, you see fear, like you got to go right at it. Mm-hmm. Like you got to just say F it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, nope. Where did, where did, where was that born in you? Though? Sports. Okay. Sports, competitiveness, going against a guy that was bigger, stronger, faster, mm-hmm. just comp- that, that competition. Yeah. Right. And you really just, you got to, just like an inner beast. Like, you know, they talk about Kobe and the Mamba mentality. Like a lot of athletes mm. have always had that. Mm. You got to be a little crazy sometimes too. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not scared. Yeah. You know, so for people at, you know, their regular jobs, like first you start with what your passions are, mm-hmm. write it down. Yeah. And look, the lifestyle coaching thing didn't all just come to fruition in two seconds. Like it was like two years of writing things down, mm-hmm. talking with friends, brainstorming. My best friend actually helped me come up with the word like, because I was like, I'm not a life coach. He's like, you're a lifestyle coach. Because like, I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted to help this guy or this woman with this. And also too, because, uh, and I want to make sure to point this out, like that, you are that person in general. Like he, he has people, and I'm just going to say this because it's true. He has people going... <laughs> Go at coming up to him at the gym, like asking him for advice. He literally helped this sixty-something-year-old man, like get on a dating app, like shoot his photos, and like show, like literally help this guy, you know, get dressed for it and like go on dates. Aww. Yeah. So I, I want to preface cute. that because it wasn't a random thing. You weren't just like, "Well, I think I might coach people." Like yeah. he was this person already, and it, it again, some another part of him that I guess. Uh, living I, your life then you but you, i love that because you turned a part of who you are into right. something profitable yeah, and i don't right. mean that in a right. stingy yeah. way but i mean i've most, always done it yeah, yeah most, friends family right. yeah and i think that makes a difference because because it's so it is who you are and mm. it becomes it comes from a a real place you know right like, it comes from the heart. like it's different and people feel that right mm-hmm. because even like with this one gentleman that i'm speaking of he didn't charge him for any of that like in the beginning, like, cause he's not really doing that right now, but it just kind of comes to him. Right. So then at the end, the guy was kind of like, no, but I'm going to pay you for this because, and I was like, see, like it finds you. Yeah. And I feel like when you do that in your life and it, and it seems like the common theme in yours, it's like, you've constantly just been true to who you are and your passions and the things that like move you or scare you or excite you. And it really very much like manifesting. It's like when it's it's the things that you're just constantly putting out there. They just continuously come back to you, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, then you, I mean, fast forward through a lot of life stuff, you have a child. Mm-hmm. And then you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> well, I only fast forward it. That's good with me. <laughs> I only fast forwarded it just because it's, we're talking about the career switch. Not because I don't want you to talk about I love that part of your life, but um, (laughs) it's more of the career shift of like... I'm sorry. His daughter was the reason that made, was part of the reason that went to the next chapter of the career. It's, you're constantly evolving. You're not who you are when you're 20 and you're 30 and you're 40. Yeah. It's a different person. Mm -hmm. Same person, but it's a different version of you. Drastic, right? Yeah. And... Whether it's, you know, you could be single when you're in your 20s making a certain amount of money. Now you're in your 30s 
you're you're divorced and you have a child it's a completely different version you've learned so much about yourself um your responsibilities have changed your priorities mm-hmm. um so you have to be uh, another saying that i live by and i, I try to keep it really really simple because i think a lot of things are complicated when they don't have to be and people are they get misconstrued with a lot of these sayings that are out there mm-hmm. i try to remain flexible at all times and he's good at it, y'all. I'm not. This man, and we've talked about it. He is a rubber band. And I and I always equate it to I in my head, especially when I first met him, I was like, it's because he's a parent. All parents are flexible. They have to be. Uh you know what they, I mean? They like, have to be. They, they to do, be. but they don't. Like not all parents. Okay, I'll rephrase that. They have to be because you know things happen. So, but not everybody does it in the way that you do it, where you're you're very. It doesn't really affect him, like which I know it's something I'm going to learn from you because I know for me, if like the sun doesn't set the way I thought it was going to set, I'm like, oh, it's a run today. <laughs> the whole day is ruined. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, that is obviously not good. Yeah. <laughs> A work in progress. I'm definitely better than that. I was dra- uh, over dramatizing that. Thank you. You're friend. welcome, friend. But he's re- you're really, really good at. I've gotten better. I had to. So I wasn't I've always the version like that. that is. I've I've had patience and I've remained flexible, but I would get comfortable in my lifestyle, my flow, and then something comes in and disrupts it, and I would get really upset, and I would just you know my feathers would be ruffled, and I'm just like oh. And then when it kept happening, I was like, I need to adjust just how I think. So I, I, and I say this to her a lot of times too, I call myself like a fireman and I'm like, I just put out fires. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it today? You know, you check your email, your phone. Oh, okay. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, another fire. Just. He literally, actually, I'm going to say this. (laughs) You said that on our first date. Oh, I did? Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I think yeah, I like asked, reference? like when we were in the car on our way to a date, like I was like, I think I asked you how the drive was or whatever, because you, he told me what time he was going to pick me up, which by the way, we're going to have another episode about this, which I loved. I was like, yes, like tell me what to do. Not like in that way, but you know, somebody who's assertive. Um, He told me what time he was going to pick me up and then he kind of confirmed it, but then I didn't hear from him. And I was like, well, I'm like texting. I was like so excited, whatever. I'm like texting with my friend Valerie. I'm like, girl, I haven't heard from him. And I had like this little thing idea that I was going to do that was going to be like, I thought was going to be cute. Fast forward, it ended up being cute. But um, I'm like, I haven't heard from him, whatever. So then if we finally get in the car, we have our little thing. We'll talk about that another time. And then he, I was like, how was your day? Whatever. And he was like, oh, it was just good. I was on the phone. Just And then you said that I was putting out fires. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I had to share that. Uh, but because, yeah, it's true. You say that a lot. You got to remain flexible. Yeah. So then, but why real estate? Why were you like, okay, this is going to be my next adventure? So, yeah. So, so I did the lifestyle coaching for about seven years. And through COVID, quarantine and all that, I just kind of felt uh, the passion wasn't there mm. as much as it was. And I, I just decided to stick with the fitness aspect. You know, like accountability coaching, I still do that. Mm-hmm. But the real estate has always been something like most people, they like it, right? I watched all the shows. Mm-hmm. It interests me. Never did I think, I always said, like, oh, I could do that, but it was never serious, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, you watch some a cop show, and you're like, oh, I could do that, but you're not going to go. <laughs> I watched Little Mermaid. That. I was like, I could yeah, do that. You're not going to really 
go in the Marines. You know, you're just like, yeah, I could do that. Um, and just, I don't know. It just kind of happened naturally when I was like, I had a friend that got into like a lot of investments and I was hearing him do it. And I started listening to him on his business calls and the competitive side of me was like, mm -hmm. oh, I could do this way better. <laughs> like, I'm like, he's good. I was like, but that's what it sounds like when you like talk to a client or you're negotiating a deal. I was like, cause the TV, you know, I didn't take it serious. I was like, you know, you know that there are lines they're feeding them or whatever, but I yeah. actually heard him on a few calls and mm -hmm. I was like, I could, and so I started to get confidence. Yeah. And then I, that was it. I was like, all right, I'm gonna take the test that nobody passes, yeah. right? It's a test that people take like five it's like, times. It's like I think thirty percent of people who take it pass. And so I was like, okay, hopefully I could be like under five. And at that time during uh quarantine, all the places were closed except one place. So now you can get it you can take a test like every three weeks. But mm -hmm. back then you could take it like once every like five months. Ooh. So I haven't studied that hard. Uh-huh. Probably, I mean, I don't think I studied that hard in college. And I passed the first time, luckily, because if I didn't pass, I don't know if I had enough to like keep going. Yeah, but that was that was it. That was all, you know, all systems go. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that you know, I I think it goes back to the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like just having okay. having an idea in your head. You know, like, oh, I think I can do this and just being like, let's try it. Like, I'm okay to fail. And that's like, I'm, key, I'm, though. Yeah. I think that's key. I'm sorry, huh? No, so we were talking about that. Yeah. I mean, well, and it's crazy. Cause I've learned to reframe because failure to me was scary because I grew up watching a lot of failure. I grew up, my father tried so many things, so many businesses, they all kept failing. But at the same time, he was a functioning alcoholic. So that, I think, played into it. But when you watch somebody try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. And then you're told by family members, you are just like your dad. Oh my God. And it's like, no, but I know I'm not, yeah. I'm, you know, as a kid and kid brains are different from adult brains. So I didn't understand what was really going on, depression, all these things. Instead, it's like, no, this person is mood swinging and they are mean sometimes. And I don't like that. I'm not mean to people. So when people would tell me I was just like my dad, I'd go in my room and cry. Cause I'd be like, I don't want to lie, but I'm not like that. Um, but again, so then, and everything had to be, you have to be good at this. Oh, you got a B? What's this? Mm -hmm. I was in college. It was my first semester in college. I got all A's and a B. And I was on a full ride academic scholarship. Wow. You got a B? Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like, congrats on the A's. Congrats on the dean's list. It was like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. Without the F. He didn't, what the fuck. But, <laughs> so it's like, from that household, going out into the world, first of all, so naive. Like, I was still... Cause I had a curfew my whole life. So when I lived on my own, like I still came home at curfew. It was foreign to me to come home after that. What like was curfew. What is that? Um, 11 o'clock. And then, I, but then I was dancing. So I was working at different hotels dancing and I would get off at like two o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. So those were like different, I guess. But like going out with friends, I'd be like, Oh God, I just like a certain feel is overwhelming, like feeling guilt. Like I got to go yeah. home cause I don't want to be a bad person. But I say all that because then coming out to LA and being a dancer, there was so much fear. It was a fear-driven career. I had to be good. I had to be perfect. I didn't allow myself the opportunity to make mistakes. So if I'm like in the mirror, not looking right, 
I was so hard on myself, not saying that's the process of learning. Like you have to look crazy until it gets into your body. Instead it was like, that person got it by like the second time they did it. And I'm over here still like, I'm missing this count. Mm -hmm. So everything was like this. And it was that whole fear of failure, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I love that you said like, you're like, I'm okay. Like I'm going to learn this and fail. And, but that's how you grow. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to fall in love with the process. Right, you have yeah. to, and it's very hard to uh, do because you don't know where your journey is taking you. But if you mm-hmm. don't enjoy the journey on your way there, it'll make the end less sweet. Right, because you are so stressed out and beating yourself up the whole time you were getting there, and now you're there, and you're you know you're exhausted. Well, and you don't know how to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, enjoy the process. And you hear that all the time. And we it, said I, it on another podcast. Yeah, and I was like, I don't like. Process. Yeah, exactly. It's literally <laughs> what you said. Um, because also too, and not to get like super like dark, but really you we don't know if you if we're gonna make it to see, right? Like it's like it, it you don't. Yeah. So if you're doing you're putting all this effort and all this time and like getting super stressed out doing this thing for the product or for whatever you think that's gonna look like, you're you're always going to be chasing and especially, and I, I feel like, and I've said this before and with this career, one of like my biggest pet peeves is to be working on a project and somebody asking me, so what are you doing next? I'm like, if you don't fucking let me have this rap party and enjoy the fact that like, this was amazing and I'm having a really good time without asking me about what I'm doing next. Like, Oh, like it makes me so angry. Cause yeah. I'm like, that's the problem. Like, can we just be here now? Because we already do that naturally, yeah. right? Like, oh gosh, like when's the next picture? When's the next show? So it irritates me because it's such a very common thing. Maybe it's a societal thing of mm-hmm. just like, well, what now? And yeah. Like, Damn, like, can I just, <sighs> right yeah. here, right? Can I just have this moment? Like, and even with relationships and stuff like that, like having a baby. Right. When's your next one? Right. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say engagement like, first. Like, I just you... got this one. <laughs> like, another... I haven't even figured this one out yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you're always chasing the next thing. Um, so yeah, it, enjoying the journey and and that process. Easier said than done. Yeah. Why do you think that's hard for you? Enjoying the journey. Yeah, like, or, uh, like the process. Like what? Because I'm the it's it's fear driven. It's but I want to make sure I get to the goal. What if I don't get at the goal? Like I've been doing this so long. Like I have to do this harder. I have to go to the, I have to multitask. I have to do this. I have yeah. to do that. And I'm like doing all the things. I know. <laughs> I've told you like, I, I think, you know, pl- playing what if is dangerous. Yeah. You can't, that can't creep mm-hmm. into your mind. Yeah. Like you have a goal. This is what I want to get to. I don't know how long it's going to take, mm-hmm. but I'll get there. Yeah. Right. There's no yeah. plan B's. Yeah. You just go. Yeah. And you stay, you know, the whole manifesting thing, you know, it's, it's not, I don't think it's a gimmick. I think it's, you're so focused on that and you don't look at backups and you don't, because I think without thinking, like you're not all in yeah. if you're thinking about, well, I could just do this if this doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So I've always been very much into like, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to work. I hope it pops off in the next year or two, but it could be 10. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't think about like, you know, what would I, what would I do if, you know, if this didn't work out? See, and I'm impatient by nature though. So if I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm putting in the work, I know I'm putting in the work. What, why is it not happening? Where's yeah. like, where, and 
not and I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just being honest yeah. with, and I've had to grow from that, and I'm still growing from that, and I know I've gotten better at it, mm-hmm. but it's still a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what I've noticed about uh, specifically Alicona is that she, you've always had a hard time celebrating yourself, and I think, and that's. But so, you just heard the story about the all the A's and the one B. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, so I know. I absolutely, You've been conditioned yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, I understand where the seed was born, but I'm just reiterating it to remind you that, so why you, you're you stressing about this and that, and I'm not going to do this, even, even those times where you have gotten those successes, you still don't celebrate yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you're still, and it's not enough and whatever. And then like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, shout her out. She booked a job today and she got a call actually last night for another job, you know? And so it's like, and that was really like brushed over for a minute, you know, really quick. Cause we were dealing with other stuff, but I was like, wait a minute, girl, give me a hug. Like you got a job. Like, okay, have this moment. But I'm sure for you, you're just like, Oh, whatever. It's whatever. But no, she auditioned. She put herself on tape. Yeah. We did a few takes back, you know, yeah. we kind of had a whole thing. And I'm like, we don't know how many people went out for that. Like, you got it let's have this even if if it's short-lived but like and if you don't have those small celebrations you're going to burn out because you're just beating yourself up even though you're having these small victories on the way you're not celebrating them like because there'll be some uh release of tension when you have those small celebratory things it's it it's not like you're going to be complacent now like you haven't you know, you're, you're not like I've you're not like I've arrived. Now I can just chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah. yeah, spend. I don't know. Give yourself a night. Yeah. Do you know an how hard hour. it is for me to take a night off? An that hour, is... but not an off. But just you yeah. know, yeah. Tell your family members that you you're great and you just did something great. Yeah. And yeah. then and then get back to the grind. Yeah. 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 And I, I, and you're you've definitely gotten better at that. You've definitely gotten really good. Uh, I won't say that. <laughs> you You know you have it. No, you got work to do. We get gotten better. Let me rephrase that. I, I was gonna say it, not like overbooking yourself, over um, like keeping yourself so so busy with like twenty million things. Um, so that's still a very uh, positive trait because you're such a hustler and a go getter. Um, but I'm just saying for mentally in your soul, like sometimes I, we've talked about this. I'm like, girl, if you don't stop doing one thing, <laughs> like. You're doing so much, um, which is, I think, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons um, you are going to be so successful is because you do put in the work, right? And that, that no matter what is going to pay off. Um, obviously, I've seen it with you and I believe it with you and we've seen it with David. It's just yeah. like no matter what, it's like putting in the work and having that passion and that drive. Like, like what you were saying, David, like we don't know if it's a year, we don't know if it's 10, but like. If, and I truly always believe if it's yours, it's yours. And if you obviously you got to put in the work, but you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. It's like, because when I was in my 20s and I moved out to L.A., I was always in the studio taking dance classes, whatever, whatever. And then I got into my 30s and I started hosting and whatnot. And I was like, God, am I slowing down? I feel like I'm slowing down. Not like tired, but I just feel like I'm a slacker. Like I'm not doing as much for some reason. And even though I am like. I don't know. It's weird. You said it happened in your 30s? When it, I started hosting. When you started? But, well, yeah, when I felt like I was slowing, not, just not a comp, I don't know. Why? Because you, when you were dancing, were you just busier? 
Maybe because I was maybe because it was physical work, right? Because I had a okay. job. I worked six sense. hours and I went straight to the studio and I was there taking like four classes back to back and then coming home. And mind you, like when I went to college, I went to college. I had a full time job. Well, I did makeup. I, I worked at a, da- at a nightclub and I danced for a dance company. Yeah. So I was doing all the things. So I was used to being busy. And as my life has slowly gotten rid of certain things, it feels like I'm not doing as much, even though I'm spending all day, like with our podcast when I was mm-hmm. editing, y'all don't know, y'all don't know, know how much time I put into editing. Like it's stupid just because of technical malfunctions. But it's like, I worked on that for months, months yeah. and months, every day of my life. Like I wouldn't take a day off. I want to timestamp this episode because, and I was thinking about this today, the strike is over and this is going to, uh, air later but we we're talking about this last night and it had like this moment of just like i'm gonna get emotional but i was like um this is gonna be so different and i don't know when like we were saying but there's gonna be a time where all of those hours that you put in and all the stuff you know the seed where this was born and the why is gonna pay off and i, and I just know it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm like i just know it will because we'll be promoting different projects or whatever and it's and it's gonna get to the right people and, and that's not why we started it but it's it's just gonna happen and it's later we're gonna timestamp back this episode and be like yeah like when she was talking about all those editing hours and the bs with this plug and this light <laughs> enjoy the journey yeah. yeah this is it because then yeah we're gonna be it's like remember when we were like oh tighten that little couch <laughs> <laughs> now we're in the studio yeah. and people are like doing our makeup yeah 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 I love that. Um, I know we're probably long yeah, on time. Like, yeah, and we're going to do another episode, yes. you guys, um, with David. And Allie Crow, it's going to be fun for her because she gets to, like, kind of interview us. And actually, it's going to be obviously a big conversation, but yeah. on, like, how we met and how that, and, like, loving your 40s or 30s or after, after marriage and all the things. It's going to be good. I'm excited. He might be scared. I'm, af- I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I- I'm not going easy. Well, we don't know fear. We don't face. Are we- I'm still going to do it. Yeah, lead into I, it. I can still be scared. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, thank you. I know. I mean, thanks I for having me. It feels yeah, cheesy saying it, but you don't have to do this, and I'm so proud of you. This was and fun. I think it's inspiring. Kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> I'm, I'm that person. Yeah. Right. Tinka, tinka, tink. Ah. But thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Till next time. Bye, guys. I mean, I love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs>